Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard, and you're listening to Incredible Life Creator Podcast. My guest today is Paul Hoyt. Paul Hoyt is the managing partner of the Hoyt Management Group and is a best-selling author. He has led hundreds of CEOs, entrepreneurs, and executives from around the globe through his unique journeys of growth and discovery. His expertise, strong passion, and comfort from the boardroom to the boiler room allows him to propel professionals and organizations from a myriad of different industries and experience to reach the business and personal success they want. Hundreds of individuals have been helped from his powerful coaching and mentorship abilities, guiding them in developing specific skills and knowledge to enhance their professional and personal growth. Paul has served on the faculty of the CEO Space Business Growth Conference for 10 years and spends his time as a mentor and consultant, board member, and financial advisor to dozens of companies, veteran entrepreneurial organizations, and many other nonprofit and other organizations across the country. Paul contributes his success in business and life to the practice of daily inner work and uses a technique called mind sequencing to get amazing results. Welcome to the podcast, Paul. Thank you so much, Doctor. It's, it is a pleasure to be here with you today. Thank you. So why don't we start out by uh, you telling us a little bit about you, where you grew up, how you started out, and you've been through several different um, changes in your profession and the things you're doing. So why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about you? Well, thank you. Well, I was born and raised in Kansas, spent some time in Oklahoma, Missouri, Texas, and Colorado and then moved to California about 12 years ago to be closer to my family. As my wife put it, she said, Paul, you know, I want to hug my kids more than twice a year. So we up and decided to move to California where uh, both of our sons reside. Uh, my older son has, has uh, a wife and a two and a half year old granddaughter, was my granddaughter, his daughter, who is the absolute light of my life. So we enjoy our time here in California. And uh, as much as we enjoyed the Midwest at all, uh, as well. So the, um, you know, the story of my journey, though, is one of three different careers. First career was 30 years in information systems. I started programming computers in 1970, a long time ago, with punched cards and paper tape and COBOL and assembler language and those things which are literally in the Smithsonian, in, uh, Smithsonian Museum today. I've seen them out there and I was amazed to see the sorter that I had used in college in the Smithsonian Museum as a, you know, an antique. And um, second career was, is as a business coach and business consultant. And I am in the process of transitioning to my third career as a personal development coach. All right, so a lot of different things. And from your bio that I read earlier, you've worked with many individuals and many companies in, in different areas, really different areas. So your expertise is expansive. Yeah, in the, you know, in the information systems, when I was uh, in doing computer programming in the 70s and 80s and 90s, it, the career was really taking off. So I had many, many different jobs. Uh, the general, I think the average tour of duty was about a year and a half for the first 18 years or so that I was in that profession. So I worked in companies, both large and small, many of them. But since I became a business coach and business consultant in 2001, now I've worked with hundreds of companies across all kinds of different industries. That has given me a really broad 
perspective on what it takes to be successful in business and giving me an opportunity to take things that I see in one industry and apply it to another industry to the benefit of my clients. Yes, and uh, I'm always interested in how people pivot or change from one profession to another. So you were in the information for a long time and then you changed. So what caused you to make that decision? Well, before the recession of 2008, there was another recession in 2000, which we were just recovering from as a country when you know, September 11th or 2001 happened. Um, and so that delayed the recovery quite a bit. The, um, but during that recession, the company that I was working for, managing a $20 million business unit for a large global telecommunications company, a division of them, really went south and went under. So I found myself on the street, along with 50 or 60,000 other people who were still on the street at the height of that recession, and decided that I wanted to remake my career, that I never wanted to put myself in a position of having the rug pulled out from underneath me like it had been with that experience. And so I decided to, to jump and join my own business or start my own business. I'd had my own business before from 1980 to 1985. So I had some experience in what it was like to be an entrepreneur. And at that point in time, I was about 50 years old and I decided, you know, I'm going to do it again. And this time I'm going to be a business coach and a business consultant because I'd had so much experience in a wide variety of industries. And being in information systems, by the way, gives you a perspective of a business that a lot of different departments don't see because we serve all of the departments at the business. We work with the accounting professionals, the sales team, the HR team, the executive leadership. You know, we work to help them gather the information that comes into the business and collect it and analyze it and disseminate it back out to them in ways that are meaningful. So that gives a person a really great broad perspective on all of the different departments and all of the different functional areas of the business. Wow, and I'm also wondering this. So when you, you, when you switched from one thing to the other during a recession, yeah. you became a business consultant, a business coach. Um, I think a lot of people would have the question, how did you get your customers or your first people to work with? Because it's a tough time. So how did you do that? How did you go from kind of being an employee to, or I don't know if you're an employee or contractor, to having your own business and actually having to go out and, and get business? Well, the first clients were the people that I knew in my network, people that I'd worked with at various companies because they'd worked with so many, for so many companies. I had a fairly substantial network. So I you know, sent out messages and picked up the phone and called people until I could find a project or two to work on. And that first year, I was more focused on doing project management work for larger companies, subcontracting with other consulting firms that I had known. And then I uh, took some courses and I got some training and I began to join some communities around transitioning my career to the business coach and business consultant. And then it was a matter of simply networking, joining chambers of commerce, joining a rotary organization, you know, getting my name out there, doing what I could with seminars and workshops. Uh, they didn't have meetup groups back then, but you could still work with a chamber of commerce or some other service organization to do a seminar or a workshop on success principles in small businesses and began to do just generic, organic kind of networking and lead generation that way. And if you were consulting with someone who's like, they had a startup, yeah. um, how would you 
advise them to do marketing today? Well, that's not the first question I would ask. So the first question I would ask is something like, where are you today and where do you want to go? You know, I am focused and bound and determined to do everything I can to help my clients accomplish what they want to accomplish. And so the first questions I have to ask are, what is it that you would want to accomplish? As one of my good friends, uh, David Corbin, says, prescription without diagnosis is malpractice. <laughs> so the first thing we want to do is gather information. Where are you today? Where do you want to go? What do you see as your challenges and obstacles? You know, what's troubling you? What are the issues that you're facing? And let's see if I can be part of your solution and really structure a consulting engagement that helps them accomplish what they want to accomplish given the budgets that they have and giving the timeframes they have and the team that they have. So every engagement is, is custom tailored at least a little bit. Yeah, there are some standard things I do like financial projections and business plans and strategic planning engagements, but I never recommend those things until we have a conversation with the client. Great, yeah. And that's why you've been so successful. Start with what they want. You have a roadmap to get to where you want to go. Yes, that's a key. And and I know that even with all your background, you've gone more and more into inner work. And I believe you've been doing inner work for a long time. How long have you been doing inner work? And how did that years. play into this? 54 years. 54 years. I woke up, and this is, for those of you who know math, you'll know how old I am here in just a second. But I woke up when I was 14 years old one day and decided that the, the church that I was going to, the church that our family went to, just wasn't working for me anymore. You know, they just, they weren't making sense. The energy wasn't my energy. You know, I really figured out that I needed to get out of there. So I began to study other religious systems. You know, Eastern religion, um, the mystical religions, you know, doing what I could to become a smarter and wiser person by studying a lot of other religions. I remember I figured at the time that I would be a fully enlightened, conscious person. I was guessing probably in about, in about 14 years. I thought by the time that I was 28 that I would be, you know, one of those Indian gurus levitating off of the uh, lotus pads or something. Um, it hasn't quite turned out that way, but I've never regretted the decision to focus time and energy on doing that inner work of having a daily practice, of really you know, wanting to be a stronger, wiser, more loving, kind, peaceful, and happy person day after day after day. Yes, and now you've been married for how long? 40? 44 years. 44 years. Yeah, 44 so yeah. Your, your daily practice, how does that affect your relationship with your wife, with your family when, when they were growing up? You know, I, I have a really great relationship with my wife today. Uh, when we were first married, uh, you know, when I would, so this journey that, that I've been on, this journey to becoming a, a wise and happy and peaceful and, you know, strong person, yeah, I didn't start there. When I was 19 years old, I was a sarcastic, bitter, temperamental, you know, I was a, a tried to be a tough guy because that's the way I protected myself. You know, I had this severe competitive edge. And for a long time, I was the guy, and I was the smart guy who had a temper. You know, it, so, you know, when we first met 45 years ago, you know, neither one of us was nearly as beautiful as we are today. 
to, to be around. Neither was she had had a tough childhood and I was not a very charming person some of the time. But we both have grown together. So what I find is that as I have grown into being a more loving and kind person, that she has grown into being a more loving and kind person as well. And I think a lot of that is because she doesn't feel threatened by me. I don't get angry anymore. I get you know, a little bit annoyed every once in a while. And likewise, she gets a little bit annoyed every once in a while. But for the most part, you know, we haven't had one of those knockout, knockdown, drag out, whatever arguments in years. I can't even remember the last time we had anything approaching a shouting match at each other. You know, it's, it's so as I have done my inner work and as she has done her inner work, as we have both evolved into people of higher consciousness and greater wisdom and more love and light, you know, the, the relationship has blossomed as well. Yeah. And um, I met you at CEO Space in 2014. Yeah. And um, my perception of you was a very <laughs> calm then kind of person very i just felt very peaceful being in your presence so when you were telling your story about being kind of the opposite i couldn't even imagine you being that way at this point <laughs> I, I am blessed and immensely grateful that i get that a lot when i tell people that at 19 years old i woke up one day and figured out that i was only happy like you know two percent of the time literally of course my mathematical organized you know, empirical mind thought that I'm awake 16 hours and 40 minutes a day. That's 1,000 minutes a day. And I'm only happy about 20 or 30 minutes a day. That's only two or 3% of the day. You know, the rest of the time, grumpy, you know, upset, you know, even angry a considerable amount of the day. You know, so making that switch from being, being upset and angry, you know, most of the time and only being happy 2% of the time to being happy 99% of the time has been the work of my lifetime. Yes, yes. And when you first started out, besides studying the different religious texts, did you start with meditation or prayer? I started with, I started with meditation at 19. So, you know, for the first five years of my journey, I was really focused on wanting to become a very powerful person. I literally wanted to become a wizard or a sorcerer. I wanted to be one of those people that could cast you know, spells on people and, and curse people in some way to protect myself in some way um, until I had an experience where I felt like, you know, I was starting to get some of that power, that I really was starting to tap into that. And that scared the crap out of me because I also knew that I was a temperamental, angry young man. And I thought that continuing the pursuit of power would be like putting a loaded gun in the hands of an angry young man, and it just was not going to turn out well. So once I got this, the crap scared out of me with a few kind of mystical, strange experiences, I decided to focus instead on, I think the time it was knowledge, wisdom, and love. And I began Transcendental Meditation at 19, and I learned to meditate, which I did twice a day for, you know, I would say 90% of the days for the next you know, 10 or 15 years. So I finally, by the age of 30 or so, after I'd been doing that for 10 years or so, I had flipped that. So instead of being, you know, only happy 20% of the time, I was 
that positive, uh, upbeat, go get them, high energy guy you wanted to work with, highly intelligent, wanted to get along with everybody, but I still had this edge. I still had a temper. I still was given to bouts of, you know, of anger and even discouragement. I still had this two or three percent of me that that was not what I wanted to be, this shadow energy, this dark energy about me. You know, some 20, 30, 40 minutes a day, something would piss me off, you know, and I would get angry at somebody or pissed off or grumpy at something. And it was that way for 25 years until I discovered the power of mind sequencing. Wow. So you had mentioned protecting yourself more than once. Yeah. And then when you were telling your story, you, you said that you stopped going the direction of power. Yeah. Because you were protecting others. Well, mostly I was protecting myself. You know, protecting, honestly, you know, I'd like to be altruistic and say I was thinking of other people. But the bottom line is I was, I was afraid for myself. You know, I did not want to go down that dark. It's really like the movie Star Wars, right? They say that anger and fear leads you to the dark side. Mm-hmm. Well, I had that revelation when I was 19 years old, you know, 40 years ago, mm-hmm. that, that my anger and my fear would lead me to the dark side. So, you know, while I'm sure that other people came into that equation at some point in time, I'm pretty sure that 99% of the reason I decided to abandon that course and start focus on being a loving and wise person was to protect myself. And do you still feel the need to protect yourself? Do you know why as you were growing up, you really felt that need to do that? Yeah, I've explored my own personal development for years and years and years. And that's part of the, what I teach other people to do and guide them through that process of understanding the nature of the subconscious mind and how it is incredibly powerful, much more powerful than our conscious mind, and focused on safety and survival. So we all develop these childhood survival strategies, these belief systems, this this truth that we hold to be sacrosanct in our own subconscious mind when we are young people, and then we spend the rest of our life discovering the flaws in that early childhood decision-making and overcoming it. But the bottom line is the subconscious mind still seeks to protect us. And in this level of self-awareness that I have now, I see that, you know, a half a dozen times a day, a temptation to be a little annoyed, a temptation to be bothered at something, a temptation to be grumpy, a temptation to be frightened in some way. You know, so I still see that the subconscious mind is still there. All of the crap that I felt when I was 19 years old, I still feel, but it's at like only 1% of the level that I was experiencing it 40 years ago. And so you developed mind sequencing. So um, that's a new term for me. So why don't you explain what that is and how it's used? The, uh, I'll, I'll start with just a little bit of story. I woke up on uh, October the 31st, 2004 in a grumpy mood because I usually woke up a little bit grumpy and oh God, I got another day. And, oh, this hurts. And, you know, whatever. So I went down to my computer and I was just pissed off and I was pissed off. And I th- said to myself, you know, I've been working on trying to be the best person I can be for like 30 years or 35 years. And if I, if I could just remember the stuff that I've learned over the years, I know that I would be a healthier and happier person. 
And it occurred to me in that moment to ask myself the question, if you were going to remember some important things, what would those things be? So I started writing myself a little message. Remember you know, when you are in the timeline of your life. Remember who you are to the people who are around you. You know, husband, father, son, nephew, cousin, uncle. You know, who you are in relationship to the rest of the world. Colleague, coworker, friend, all of those things. Remember where you are, you know, in this house, on this street, in this city, in this country, on this planet, this incredible fragile speck of dust hurtling through the cosmos. Remember why you are, remember this incredible power you have and this beautiful spirit that we all have. And it became this wonderful message to myself, this spoken word message that lifted me up whenever I listened to it. I recorded it, you know, and published it. It called, called the, the message, Remember, a simple and powerful way to your awakening or something like that. Um, and I listened to it probably a thousand times over the next three years. And every time I listened to it, except maybe just a couple of times, it lifted my spirits enormously, much more so than any other type of meditation had ever done. So this, you know, the principles of writing yourself a message that is significant to you and making it a deeply passionate message and then revisiting it time after time after time to keep focusing your attention on that was a very powerful message. But what I also found was that when I listened to it in the morning, my spirits were elevated tremendously, and then I'd go to work, and my consciousness and my vibration would keep lowering throughout the day as the stressors and the challenges and the problems and the issues came up, and then I would lift myself back up in the evening, and I realized that it, while it was really important to do these meditations in morning and evening, that what I was thinking and feeling the other 95% of the day was really important too. And the only way I was ever going to close that gap, the only way I was going to be in that high, high vibration all the time was that every time I became aware that I was not there to find a way to shift my energy back as quickly as possible. You know, the Bible says, pray without ceasing. And that's what the mind sequencing approach has done for me. It's giving me the techniques to shift my vibration back, to focus my attention back on the person that I want to be and holding the vibration that I want to feel whenever I think to do so, whenever I become aware that there's a gap. Wow. So when you were doing the meditation of remembering and you recorded it, yeah. um, could you give us examples of kind of maybe a message you would tell yourself, like the kind of things that would come up? Well, the message went around the who, what, when, where, and why, the common journalistic framework and structure with the addition of remembering the beautiful spirit within and remembering the power that you have. So I would start with remembering who you are you know, father, husband, brother, cousin, etc., And then remember when you are in the timeline of your life. And remember where you are, you know, on this beautiful planet. And remember what you are, child of God, spark of divinity. As I said in that book, a drop of consciousness in the sea of God's mind, living an illusion of separation and mortality. 
you know, and, and think about why you are, what, my, what your purpose in life was. I was never blessed with being visited in a dream by an angel who said, Paul, this is your contract, you should do this. I got, Lord knows I've prayed for that experience. And I've known people who've had that experience, but I personally have not had this experience. So I chose my purpose in life. And my purpose in life was to be in the highest vibration possible at all times and to help other people do the same. And that remains my chosen purpose in life today, to be in the highest vibration possible at all times and to help other people do the same. Then I'd remember this beautiful spirit that I had within me, that you have within you, that all of the listeners and watchers have within them. It's the same stuff. It's the same spirit. It's this connection to divinity that's there and possible for us if we just tune into it and focus our attention on it and willingly draw that energy into our life. And remember the power that I have to focus my attention and shift my energy whenever I choose to do so. So that's essentially the message of the Remember CD that, um, that was so profoundly meaningful and helpful to me. And the mind sequencing, is that something you do during the day to actually shift when you notice that you're kind of losing ground? Dozens of times. Dozens of times. You know, whenever, there's, whenever I become aware that, hey, I'm not right where I want to be, that I'm just feeling a little bit complacent, I'm a little bit flat, maybe even a little low energy, or particularly if something annoys me, you know, then I say, you know, that's not the way I choose to live life. That's not my highest vibration. And I walk a path back from where I am to where I want to be. And that's the sequencing part of mind sequencing. We've probably all heard about structured self-talk and positive affirmations and mantras and all that. As a computer programmer, what I realized was the best way to get from point A to point B was to take a series of steps. Step one, step two, step three, step four, step five. That's the way my mind works. So mind sequencing then is to, is to make that shift from where you are today or where you are in the moment to where you want to be through a sequence of small and easy steps to shift your internal state of being with an intention and a purpose in mind, something that you can do anytime and anywhere. You know, for example, very, very simple mind sequencing technique and a very basic technique is called a line, breathe, and smile. So I invite you to do this with me. First step is first step and all the listeners too. First step is to align. So we just sit up a little bit straighter, maybe shrug our shoulders, maybe roll our neck a little bit, adjust our posture in some way and align our body in such a way that we feel a little more energy, a little more ease, a little more power running through our physical body. Step number two is just take a breath and blow it out. And when you take a big breath and blow it out, we naturally release some additional tension and stress. And the third step is just to smile. Just to smile. For no reason at all, just choose to smile. That align, breathe, and smile technique is a very simple technique. It's a stepping stool that you can use to lift your spirits just a little bit anytime that you want to do that. So you can do it you know, when you're in the middle of a meeting. You can do it when you're in the middle of a phone call. You can do it when you're in the middle of a live interview podcast. You can do it in your car when you're anytime. It's one of those techniques that you can use anytime and anywhere. Meditation is great, but usually it involves closing your eyes and sitting still for five to 30 minutes, and you can't do that 
when you're walking down the hall at your office. You can't do that. When you're getting ready to go into a phone call, you can't do that. When something comes into your life and all of a sudden you fear, you, you sense a fearful and anxious response to something. But mind sequencing techniques you can do anytime and anywhere. They can be as short or as long as you want. And it was that technique, that realization, that I had the power to just shift the focus of my attention and raise my vibration and lift my spirits anytime and anywhere that has made a huge difference in my life over the last 10 years. And that is so powerful because no matter where we go, even if we're in a happy place, stressful things can happen. You know, you can be having a family outing, but someone decides to, you know, dump something or spill something or do something <laughs> that just causes everybody to be upset or somebody's late. Yeah. You know, at the office, I, I know a lot of people sit there at their computers. So I'm an optometrist. So I talk to people about their eyes and their stress at the computers and they're very stressed out sitting in front of that screen, but yeah. they could do that. And you might, hour you might get on. Yeah, you might just do that. Okay, you could say to them, you know, that as we get started here, just do me a favor and, you know, shift your shift your posture just a little bit. Now, get, get real comfortable. I want you to be very, very comfortable in your chair. And then, you know, just take a breath and blow it out and let some of that and, you know, and now, let, now we can get started. You can suggest that to them and let that experience of working with you being even more wonderful than it would have been otherwise. Yes. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Let me know how it goes. Yeah, yeah, I definitely will. <laughs> so when you're working with your clients, I know you're working with business clients and, you know, mm -hmm. you work with personal clients also. Do you integrate that into the business coaching you're doing? You bet. So there was, there was an interim in between being a pure business coach and business consultant. And now as I move towards my retirement career as a personal development coach, I created a system called the Awakened CEO System. So the Awakened CEO system was coaching people on three different levels of performance, the mindset, methods, and momentum. So the methods is the plan, the plan that you use to do your work, and momentum is established when you take action repeatedly over time and build energy towards something. The, the key part and the transition into personal development is in the mindset, is what is your attitude about doing the things that you need to do? You know, how do you feel about firing your brother-in-law? How do you feel about asking somebody if they would like to do business with you? How do you feel about picking up the phone and making a prospecting call, getting up on stage and, and giving a speech? You know, getting your mind in the right place, having a high performance mindset where you feel confident and capable and you feel valuable and you feel excited and energized and eager and optimistic, maybe even a little bit feisty, you know, about, about what you're going to do. Is, is the key to being success, to being key to being successful. So we teach mindset, methods, and momentum as a way of being very successful whenever it comes to business. And then that has morphed into mind sequencing, which will, I think eventually, I don't know how many years it will be, but, but eventually I see myself, you know, as an 80-year-old man teaching people to be happier and healthier people by sharing the wisdom that I've gained through the years. Yes. And I was just thinking sometimes, you know, CEOs or business people, they are about to go into a networking event or a very important negotiation meeting. Um, would you use that same technique or are there other techniques you would teach them to actually feel calm and feel 
um, powerful, you know, in themselves? Absolutely. I remember the first time I was out on stage in CEO space in 2005. I think I was the first on faculty there in June of 2005 or something like that. Maybe May of 2005. I, um, you know, I found myself at the side, at the side of the room, just saying to myself, I believe in me. I believe in me. I believe in me. I believe in me. You know, focusing my attention on being optimistic about what was an incredibly stressful and you know anxious kind of experience of getting out there and speaking at CEO space for the first time in front of an audience in those days of 250 people or so. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely used a version of that at that time. One of the gentlemen in my first mind sequencing master class um, found himself on getting ready to go on stage for a presentation just a couple of weeks ago. And he found himself saying to himself, it's time to shine. It's time to shine. It's time to shine. You know, that became his focus of his attention. And he believed in his ability to shift his energy and shine. And he says he got out on stage and gave his presentation and absolutely nailed it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Is there other ways that you can use the mind sequencing just throughout life? What other, um, well, essentially, the mind sequencing system that I teach, there are actually five components, and we'll go into the other four components here in a little bit, but the mind sequencing technique itself is really a framework. It's an open-sourced framework, a structure, a pattern that I share with people, and then I encourage them to create their own sequences of thought and action that work with their particular language and resonate with them in the moment. You know, for example, one of the men in my first master class said he was getting ready to go into a meeting and the aligned breathe and smile just wasn't, just wasn't giving him the energy that he wanted at that moment. So he came up with his own on, at the moment of I focus, I connect, and I create. I focus, connect, and create. And he went into that meeting with that energy that was represented by that sequence of words and nailed that meeting. There's a lot more power in I focus, I connect, and I create than there is in I align, breathe, and smile. Align, breathe, and smile more helps you relax and be more peaceful. I focus, I connect, and I create you know, taps you into your inner power and gets you on your game to go out and be decisive and focused and lead other people and persuade other people to do what it is that you want them to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's yeah. lots of, there's, you know, an infinite number of techniques. The, the gist of it is that we see the gap, we understand how we want to feel relative to how we feel, and that we find a way to connect with that energy. We find a way to focus our attention on the energy that we seek, and we use particular mind sequencing techniques to get to that point of drawing that energy into our life through our focused attention. Wow. And then you said you actually have five steps to doing the mind sequencing. I have, I have literally dozens of different mind sequencing techniques that I use for myself. So, and I'm a big fan of the, the, the number five. So I have my, my five balancing energies that I focus on periodically throughout the day, peace, joy, strength, wisdom, and love. I find that when I focus on those five energies and in that sequence, that it always lifts me up just a little bit. And if I really want to focus on them for five or 10 minutes, you know, it will lift my energy up a lot. I have my five empowering beliefs. Again, another sequence of thought and action 
that lifts my spirits up whenever I want. The five, you know, the five elements of enhanced emotional intelligence that I work with, you know, there's all kinds of different ones. And the five-step golden sequence pattern that we teach in our essential guide to mind sequencing, which is an 11 and a half minute video that people can watch just by going to mindsequencing.com and signing up. Okay. Yeah. So it sounds like there's room for a lot of creativity. So you have your basic structure, but then you can take that basic structure and it, it, it seems that there's unlimited possibilities and ways to connect with the energy and to put yourself in a place where you want to feel that way. I believe that's absolutely true. And I strongly encourage people to come up with their own because my belief is, Kimberly, that the ones that you come up with that work best for you, you know, are the ones that are really going to make a much more powerful impact in your life than the ones that I came up with. So I give you my examples. I invite you to try them out. But what I really want you to do is find your own. Find your own. You know, it's time to shine. Find your own. I focus. I connect. I create. Find your own. I remember. I shift. I am. Find your own. I float. I focus. And I flip. Find whatever it happens to be. You know, little sequences of thought and action that help you shift your energy. And let me make a point there because we say thought and action. It's not just thinking. I really strongly encourage you to put some sort of physical activity in there, whether it be a breath or adjusting and aligning your posture or stretching. Some sort of a physical movement is really important. As I like to say, we prepare ourselves physically in order to shift mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Hmm. Yeah, that's key. That's, yeah, because when you change your, your physical position in some way, you, the state's going to change. Yeah, yeah. Way. So, Amen. That's like the catalyst. So um, what else that should we know or learn about mind sequencing? What other things are important that I haven't asked you? My intention is to release an information product in the next, oh, I would say 90 days or so, perhaps in the early part of 2020. But for right now, we're teaching people the techniques and the different in the entire mind sequencing system through our master class, which is a 60-day coaching program. It's 60 days because science has shown that on average, it takes 66 days to form a habit. And we want people to actually form the habit of mind sequencing periodically throughout the day. So that is the primary focus for the master class is helping people form that habit. Uh, we have a weekly meeting you know, every week. There's 10 weekly sessions in a master class. And we, we get people to, to really embrace that habit in their life and begin to tap into the power they have to shift their energy. We also introduce the other four components of the mind sequencing system which are daily self-reflection, progress tracking, life analysis, and gathering and sharing wisdom. So we talk about how habits are formed. We talk about the subconscious mind. We talk about different layers of self. We talk about you know, how our personality is developed over the years and what we can do to reprogram ourselves at the deepest subconscious levels. And at the end of 60 days, you know, my guarantee to everybody is you will absolutely level up you'll realize that you were a different person at the end of that than you were when you began the program. Wow. <laughs> you have such a wealth of wisdom and I know you've written several books and are some of those books on mind sequencing or this is all something that you're just starting out 
This is all pretty new. I've written, I've published five books, two business books and three inspirational works. And I've written seven other books that, that have not been published yet. Um, so every morning, you know, as I do my daily meditations and self-reflection in the morning, I, uh, I'm, I'm on the lookout for insights. And when I get one of those little insights of something that's meaningful to me, I write it down. And then when I get a whole bunch of those, I share it with other people. So um, some of the books that I have written are one called Levels of Creation, which talks about the difference of creating on the physical plane versus on the spiritual plane. I have written you know, some follow-on books to my Practice of Awakening series, which is a collections of little insights and messages that I've gotten throughout the years. And the one I think I'm going to publish next is called Surprises on the Road to Enlightenment, which is right now about 75 surprises that I have learned you know, over the course of the last 54 years of, you know, this journey um, that were, uh, were quite amazing to me along the way. Wow. Would you like to share one of those? Well, the first one, number one, is this greatness that we have within each one of us. You know, I, some people don't, are never told that as children. You know, they're, they're told to behave. They're told to stay out of the way. You know, they get the message in so many words that, you know, you're upsetting me. You're responsible for my health and happiness. You're just a little, you're a weak little kid. You know, you're a bother, you're a trouble, you're a nuisance to me in some way. You know, just keep your nose clean, stay out of trouble and get out of my way. God bless them. They're, they're taught that from the beginning. They're not taught about the incredible greatness that we each have within us. They're not taught that we each have this divine connection, that we are all sparks of divinity, that we are all drops of consciousness in the sea of God's mind, living an illusion of separation and mortality. And we all have this incredibly awesome potential. All we need to do is believe that we have that potential and focus our attention on that energy, and we will draw ourselves closer to it and draw it closer to us. So that's surprise number one, that we all, everyone in this world, no matter who it is, you know, has this awesome, awesome potential, you know, and this doorway, this portal to divine expression, if we can just help them discover it and use it. As you speak, my heart is just full. <laughs> Good. Full as I'm listening, it, it's just, it's simple, but it's such profound wisdom. It's just profound wisdom. And when you think about it, it just makes you feel love for yourself, for other people. It's amen. 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 I think that you know, one of the things I would really like if we could do in our society is teach people here in the Western world that we have the opportunity to continue our inner work. You know, as children, we're taught to behave. And as long as we can go to school and we're not disruptive to the class and we're not, you know, throwing chalk at, at the teacher, you know, it's okay. We're really not taught about the power of really fantastic emotional intelligence and the power of continuing your inner work day after day after day. And most of the focus of our school systems is to prepare us to take a job in corporate America. You know, we're not taught entrepreneurship, which I think is a shame, but we're also not taught the power of, of extreme emotional intelligence, self-awareness, self-management skills, social awareness skills, relationship management skills, self-actualization practices. We don't teach kids to meditate. I think that we could do 
a lot for the safety of our school systems if we taught people to meditate and just relax and let go of their stress, you know, twice a day as they begin the day. When I was growing up in Kansas, we had a morning prayer. And we stood up and we did the Pledge of Allegiance, and then the, the teacher led us in a little morning prayer because back in Wichita, Kansas, you know, that's what we did. You know, until it became, until we became a more cosmopolitan and those prayers somehow began to be troubling to people, you know, who didn't pray in that particular way, then somebody noticed that, wait a minute, now that's a problem and it needs to be, we need to change our systems. So I'm not an advocate of going back to prayer, but I am an advocate of getting people to periodically throughout the day and especially in the morning to just find a way to let go of that stress and reconnect to the joy and the happiness in their life. And I think that would do a lot to relieving the stress of our children and perhaps make our schools a lot safer. So that's my encouragement to you. That's my encouragement to everybody is do your inner work every day. You'll have a daily practice and then periodically throughout the day using the structure of mind sequencing or whatever else works for you, recognize the power that you have to shift your energy back. Anytime you realize that man, I'm a little bit low vibration right now, you know, I'm a little bit grumpy, I'm a little bit short with people, you know, I'm a little bit annoyed, I'm a little bit bothered, you know, we become very sensitive to our vibration and we practice extreme self-awareness and immediate self-improvement. And that's what mind sequencing offers. Yes, and you're right. It would change the schools, it would change the workplaces, it would change our families. I'm thinking of the holidays coming up and sometimes they're wonderful and sometimes they're very stressful. And they certainly are for many families. Yes. Yeah. I yes. wonder how many, I wonder what the percentage is. I wonder if the percentage is that, you know, only 30% of the families, you know, have troubles over the holidays. I wonder if it's even higher than that. I, uh, I've been blessed. I'm very, very grateful for the many blessings in my life to where all of our holidays are, you know, they're wonderful occasions with family and friends and getting together. But I know that for some families, it's uh, not anywhere close to that. Yes, yes. <clears throat> so thank you for all your wisdom and for sharing. Um, is there any last words of advice that you would like to share? Oh, Lord. I'll just share what is the key for a... Well, first of all, I'll share... For those of you who might be more interested, you can go to mindsequencing.com and learn a lot more about the program. Sign up, watch the 11 and a half minute video. And if there's something we can do to help you learn mind sequencing techniques, we'd love to have that conversation with you. And I'll leave you with the key phrase that we teach people to say to themselves over and over and over throughout the day. And it's simply this, I awaken and remember the power I have to focus my attention, shift my energy and lift my spirits Anytime and anywhere, I remember the power of mind sequencing. Wow. Thank you so much. I will put that in the show notes. Awesome. <laughs> so people can remember that because that's a little bit long. So I'll put it in the show notes so they can see it and, and practice it. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate the opportunity to be with you today and to have this conversation with you. You are truly a magnificent, beautiful, wonderful person doing what you can to help other people raise their vibration and live a healthy and happy life. And I love you for that. So keep it going. All right. Well, thank you so much. And we'll talk to you again soon. Blessings to you. Bye.